We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Field of 68. Field of 68 till I die. You got somebody, hey Jeff, shut up. Hell no. I'm sorry, man. I blacked out for a second. (laughs) This is Alabama coach Nate Oates. And we're not playing. I watch Field of 68's After Dark Show. This is coach Bruce Pearl. I love the Field of 68 After Dark Show. This is Duke head coach John Shire. Check out Field of 68 After Dark. This is Xavier head coach Sean Miller. I highly encourage you to take a look at After Dark. Now listen to you guys every morning when I'm getting ready. This is Field of 68 After Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live from the uh, the upper echelons of Madison Square Garden. The Big East Tournament is currently uh, just finished. Creighton just knocked off Villanova 87-74 to here in New York City. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me Terrence Ogilvy. I have with me Randall Childress. We may eventually be joined by John Fanta at some point if he, uh, if he can ever break away from the festivities, from the party downstairs that is the Big East Tournament. He is He's the king. He's the king of the Big East Tournament. We've learned that. We've discovered that. We are presented by our partners over at Bet. As you can hear us live, SiriusXM Channel 84. We're also over on YouTube. We are streaming. Jump in the chat. Come over. Ask us questions. We'll be around for the afters. We have a lot to talk about today, guys. Bill Self had a little bit of a health scare. We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about how wide open this year's tournament is. We're going to hear from Jeff Goodman and Greg Waddell, who are live in Chicago at the United Center for the Big Ten Tournament. And, of course, I'm going to talk about UConn. You guys might not have a word to say about it, but I'm going to talk about UConn. Before we do any of that, though, the single biggest story of the day has nothing to do with a team that qualified for the NCAA Tournament, has nothing to do with a team that won, and has nothing to do with, uh, with, with someone that you would say had a good season this year in college basketball. North Carolina lost 68-59. to 59 to Virginia, the number two seed in the ACC tournament. RC, is it time to hammer that last nail in the coffin of North Carolina season? Are they dead? I don't see how they get in. I don't. I mean, we were advocating. I thought this was a must-win game for them. I thought they took, you know, I thought they had a chance of beating Duke at home. When they lost that game, I I didn't see them making a run in the tournament at all. Um, Today was their last shot at doing it, and they didn't take their business, so the most disappointing team of the season by far. I mean, it, I think that's the best way to put it. I don't even think it's close. Yeah, and it's and it's it's hard to say because they, they did have so much coming in. Pete Nance transfers in. That generates some excitement. Of almost seven-footer guy who can shoot it. Think he's very manic, but he does some other things. Uh, it, it's a team that never really clicked. I saw a tweet today. I thought it was almost as perfect as you could say it. He said, North Carolina went into the – 
to the locker room at halftime of the national championship game and never came back out. <laughs> and I was like, well, I, there, there's a lot to be said there. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty solid tweet. I don't know who it was. I can't think it wasn't CZ Binance. That's for sure. But this is a, <laughs> this is a North Carolina team guys. They left a lot on the table and, and what's frustrating for us and, and RC and I in particular is the ACC is looked at as a good league when Carolina's good. The ACC is looked at as a good, good league when Duke is good. We understand that. We're not naive to that fact. So the, the biggest problem is, is it hurts everybody else by and large mm-hmm. because of the way that they showed up this year. So that's where a lot of the frustration comes. We're not naive to the fact that we need Carolina to be good. The league needs Carolina to be good. That's kind of where the irritation comes from the, uh, the loving hate, I guess you would say. That's kind of a very nice way to put it, but you get my gist. It, it, it was a disappointing on a, by all accounts. And the fact that they weren't able to pull it together when we thought they would be able to about midway through conference season, just sad all the way around. Really. I, I think we, we've said enough about how this team is unable to turn it on when they need to be able to turn it on. And you can't really rely on being a team that needs to turn it on when you have to turn it on. Um, RC, where do you... It probably lies with a lot of different people, but but for you, is this is this on Huber? Is this on the coaching staff? It, it's always on a head coach. It's just the nature of the business. Whether you want, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I I don't think that this is much on him. Is I mean, it's let me take that back. It's always on a head coach, no matter what we say. But there's enough experience on this team and enough guys that played together. This isn't if this was Duke's roster and it was a bunch of freshmen. Then I'm like, all right, hey guys, you got to cut us some slack. Get some young guys. Mm-hmm. That group's been through it. That's an experienced group, a bunch of three, third-year players, fourth-year guys, fifth-year guys. I, I, there's no excuse for them to be that flat this year, inconsistent as they were. Um, I, I thought they act like they can just turn it on, like, all right, we went on a run a year ago. It's almost like last year hurt them this year because they felt like, all right, we can just turn it on when we want. And obviously that wasn't the case. Um, it starts with Hubert, but I, I think there's enough experience on that team that they could have been able to coach themselves. Yeah, so here's my thing. You guys have both been in more locker rooms than than I've been in more locker rooms than most of the people listening have been in. I think that it also falls on the players because you have to – when you have a team that is that old, right, you have to have some kind of internal leadership, some kind of – somebody in there to just kind of, you know, if Caleb Love is taking dumb shots, grab him by the scruff of the neck and basically say, dude, you got to stop doing that. You can't do that anymore. Um, if R.J. Davis is not getting the ball into Armando Baycott, there has to be a presence. And I've all I made the argument when they made their run last year. It was when Brady Manick came in and took ownership over that team. Not just being on the roster, had a level of ownership. So I just, yes, it falls on the on on Huber, but I don't think you can sit here and say that the players are blameless when they made the same dumb mistakes over and over and over again. I just, but but the but. Okay, so that's fine. I understand that. But the fact that the head coach allowed them to make the same mistakes over and over again and there not be any repercussions. Mm-hmm. Every, every, every year or every game, RC, like when I played and, you know, given I wasn't as gifted as some of the guys in North Carolina has, playing hard is a prerequisite to playing time. And that wasn't the case this year for Carolina. They just didn't play hard. They felt like they could coast. It, it was almost a bit of a cocky situation when they won yesterday. And Caleb Love's running back down the floor, winking at the like, oh, yeah, we know what we're doing. But it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And I, I think there's a lot to be said for, you know, does this team accept an NIT bid? One. Two, if they do, does Hubert play young guys then? I got a better question. I'm do all you, for those. Do you bring the team back? No. 
This, that, this that, needs a clean slate. Everybody has an opportunity outside of Pete Nash to come back. We're going to learn about – Then I don't think they're going to edit, edit their laundry out. But we're going to learn more about this team if everybody comes back. That's a good point. That, that we, it's going to tell us everything we need. We can make all the assessments and, you know, outside, as Huey always tells guys, hey, let's block out the outside noise. We're going to learn everything we need to know about this team in the next couple of weeks because we're going to find out who's there and who's not next year because all those guys got the option of coming back. Yeah, that's, so let's great, see what happens. That, that's a great point. And to your question, T.O., if I was Hubert Davis, I would accept an IT invite, and I'm playing Seth Trimble. I'm playing Jalen Washington. That, that's exactly play, what play all the Play all the young dudes. Give them a chance. That's exactly what Tyler Hansbrough no, said. But I, but I, here's I, the thing. You, would, you were in the national championship game with your three best players back, and you only lost one significant contributor. Now you're going to make the final four of the NIT, maybe? I play the same roster. It's almost like a run. When guys go out there, and you know how like guys play the end of the game, they don't want to be out there? Yeah. I'd leave them out there. Yeah. Same guys that played in the NIT, go play in the NIT. Yep. All right. Let's uh let's talk a little bit about some bubble winners and losers because there's a lot to get to from the ACC. Pitt got smacked. They're, they're probably closer to the bubble than I think a lot of Pitt fans are comfortable with. NC State got smacked. They're probably a little bit closer to the bubble than I think some uh, NC State fans would be comfortable with. But this is what we're doing right now, RC. It's ISO time. ISO time. We're clearing out. We got a Clemson alum right here. Clemson, for my money, <laughs> they have two quad three losses. Yep. Two quad four losses. Yep. Uh, their metrics are going to look a lot better in the morning. Once everything refreshes after us beating up on a top 40 team the way that they did today, but they also had the 336th uh, non-conference strength of schedule. Man. So I'm what you, uh, to me, that's why that's such a, that's such a luck of the draw that conference scheduling. Cause if you look at their schedule, sure, sure, sure. Well, sorry. This, is what, this is what, you, what I want you to do first. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about the stats. Right, I want it. you looking at camera right now. The selection committee is watching. They love our show. My sources told me, look in that camera and tell me why Clemson deserves to be in the NCAA tournament. And don't pull any of the wires out, please. No, no, no stats. No stats. What you got to do? Tell them why. They've defended since they've got to the Atlantic Coast Conference play. They've done a good job. Louisville. We're just going to forget about Louisville. I don't have a defense for that. That was just terrible. <laughs> Outside of that, they've been pretty good. They're winning on the road. Quad one wins on the road. Those are big. They continue to win towards the end of the end of the season. They're playing better and better right now. You beat NC, NC State three times. That's a top 40 team. Once by 25. What was it today? 20? We're not supposed Sorry. to do stats. They smacked them. That's all the matters. <laughs> and then the first the first time they played them, they beat them by 15. What are we doing here? This is a tournament team. First team all ACC player. PJ Hall's a dude. Five quad one wins. Too. Five quad one wins. I thought we weren't doing stats. Five quad one wins. <laughs> they were. I, I said <laughs> I'm helping you out. RC with the assist. Quad one wins. First assist RC's life. Second. Second. Hey, he threw it to Tim Duncan once. Be nice to him. It's Randolph Children's Day. It is. It is. It's It's not. Hey, look, it's not Randolph Children's Day because he passed it. (laughs) So no, this. Hey, Clemson deserves to get in. It's that time. Now, here's the thing. Can I can I push back on that real quick? Absolutely not. So. The thing is, there is no, there is no wrong. Like they lost a couple of bad ones. The South Carolina game in the second uh, game of the year, PJ Hall's on a minutes restriction. They still didn't have their point guard situation figured out. They couldn't shoot the ball against Loyola Chicago. That one sucked. And then Louisville, they just dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. But that was a day where they were under in twenty thirteen. That's the guys late this season too. That team finally got healthy at the very end, and they they are, they are as healthy now as they've been all year. Yeah, I mean, w- one guy almost lost a testicle. And I'm not making that up. 
His nuts exploded. His nuts exploded. That's his words, not ours. I'm not sure there's a scientific definition or any stats to back that up. But he got he got an underwear deal out of that. So kudos to him. Yeah, he had to miss two games. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I think that if Clemson beats UVA, it's not a discussion. I think that they're. I don't think it's a discussion now. I think they're in now. I just I I don't. They're in Mike DeCourcy's. They were the first team out in Mike DeCourcy's. Thing. But for some reason, Lenardi's got him in the next four out. I, all, I, I don't all know. I'm say is this. North Texas is playing great basketball. They're still alive in a tournament where Florida Atlantic is getting in regardless of what happens. Right? Florida Atlantic is alive. You still yeah. got a butt deep out there. You still have other teams on the bubble that are playing for uh, Penn State, Utah State, Mississippi State, Arizona State. I don't think I Utah think, State's I think in. you could say right now maybe that they're in. But I, I, I'm telling you, there's a there's a lot go of out, go yeah. out, win that game against Virginia, and and make it so it's not even a conversation, right? Because look, you could still have if Utah State goes out and wins the automatic bid from the the Mountain West, hmm. then that would be a problem for for Clemson, right? It Ohio be. State probably has what top twenty five, top thirty talent. They're four and one of their last five games. Yeah, Can, are, is there anyone in the Big Ten that you're sitting here saying I'm I'm scared of them? I'm no. scared of them. So. The, I'm no. just telling you, like, you don't want to be sitting there on Selection Sunday with this loss, with two quad loss, or with the the Virginia loss, two quad four losses, two quad. Th- I want look. But, I, but, I but want you're, giving, you're giving I want a bunch of scenarios yet. They're still in it. It's not like Carolina where we know no, this is yeah. it. I mean, they're still in it. They still and got then, a chance. Like Ohio State got working. None of us are thinking they're going to win the Big Ten. So I, I don't think it's if it stops right now, it ends right now. I think they're in. Yes. Let, let's run through a couple other bu- uh, bubble teams here. NC State. With their loss, I still think that they're probably on the right side of the bubble. They're eight and nine against the top two quadrants. And that team could win a game yes. in the tournament. That's the crazy part. Pitt, I think that they're still in. Uh, it's gonna they, they might end up in a playing game, but how I still about think- the craziest? How about the craziest thing ever? That they were number one going into the last game of the season. That's they lose the and they go to last five. Two games. Last two, yeah, last and then three. they and they end up fifth. All that, yeah. If, they, if they beat if they beat Notre Dame, they're the one seed, right? They'd won that game against Notre Dame. Yeah, so it wouldn't have mattered if. Uh, the right call up and made when uh, Kyle Filipowski got fouled. But that's neither here nor there. Correct, fellas. That's neither here nor there. Um, all right. The the other team that I wanted to talk on was uh, in the Big Ten. Penn State won yeah. and Rutgers won. Penn State beat Illinois. Illinois is probably going to be okay. But Rutgers beat Michigan. It looks like Michigan is probably uh, on the wrong side of the bubble RC. How disappointing is this Michigan team to you? I, they've been inconsistent all year. Yeah. So I don't think that it's, you know, I'm not surprised. I, I mean, the question was, I, I never thought they had a consistent perimeter shooting, mm-hmm. you know, uh, so, you know, surrounding Hunter Dickerson. So I'm, I'm not overly surprised by Michigan. They've just been up and down all year long. And, and I think now, that, I think it's official. I don't think they're going to get it. Yeah, they, I, I don't think they have a chance. Like, no, this is, no, this is NIT Central right now in Ann Arbor. And, and Michigan IT. Michigan IT. That's, yeah, that's painful. <laughs> that's painful. <laughs> That's painful. Uh, now, the, the thing is with them, I, I, there's definitely talent on that roster. I, I don't think that talent fit together very well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, you have a bunch of really good pieces. and it, it, You know, it's hard. When when Juwan first got that job, he still had a lot of leftovers. Now you're seeing him get all of his guys. And I, I think the hard part about, about a guy who's a first-time head coach, and even though he's a few years in, and I want to ask you about this because you were in the driver, not in the driver's seat, but you were on a high level ACC staff for a long time. Like, you can't just put a bunch of guys together because they're highly ranked kids or because they're really talented. You got to puzzle piece it a little bit, right? To be successful, you do. Right. 
you know, the talent, you have to make some adjustments. And that will be something I'd be curious to see because we don't know. I mean, the team, I mean, they've done really well. And then again, as long as you got a big guy like Hunter Dixon, you got to play through him. Mm. And that's his style that not many teams want to play. Like, you got to throw the ball in there through him and play. And that's not quote unquote modern basketball. So, you know, he's coached spread offense. He's coached things. I mean, he's coming from the Miami Heat where he had Bam out of value doing point forwards and different stuff like that. Sure. But so I think he's shown I can adjust to this talent. I got hundred. I just think the biggest thing is just shooting. You know, we don't know what was Jalen Llewellyn's going to be had he not towards ACL. Mm-hmm. You know, point guard. Now I thought know, I, I thought I, Kobe and Doug kind of figured it out at the end. And look, at the end of the day, they had two overtime games on the road against it was at Illinois and at Indiana. Yeah, that they win one of those games, we're probably having a different conversation. So I don't know how much you could really throw them under the bus when you consider how young they were and their starting point guard goes down, but. Also, Big Ten stinks. Big Ten's mid. It's the big meh. That's the league that I call it. Then why don't Chicken pot pie. <laughs> Chicken pot pie. Because there's thirty. Because there's thirty-seven teams in that conference. That's why. Listen. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, there was a Hall of Fame coach that had a pretty serious health scare. Today, we are going to be talking about that and whether or not that opens up the NCAA tournament field when we come back. You like the ISO there? Yeah, going in. You and I. So, just from uh, my standpoint, there's wires on the floor here that our mics are connected to. to the mixer I, I, over I, here. I, I was watching. So I saw I saw Tio <laughs> scooting up, and I was like, "Please don't rip the wires out. Please don't rip the wires out. Please don't kill." It's me. too late. <laughs> like, I know. He's been over there yelling again. Mike, one, two, one, two. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we got any questions in the chat? Uh, I'm going to assume we aren't going to hit on this during the show, so I will ask it now from the chat. What do you guys make of Georgetown's coaching search? Let, let's hit on that in the afters because me and RC were talking about yeah. it earlier, and that requires a lot more than a 30-second yeah. answer. A okay. lot more. Fair enough. Uh, Josh says, how deep will Duke go in the tournament? Ooh, That's a good question. It. We're going to get there next segment. That's part of this next conversation. We're going to talk about a hangout. Okay, talk, fair enough. Not, I mean, He's trying to chat with us, but you yeah. keep shutting him down. My, here's, here's <laughs> they're my, they're over two, Dawson. Here's, here's my tease. Here's my tease. <laughs> they're going to play for a while. They're over two, Dawson. For two. They're trying to ask questions. It's good questions. We just got them on the rundown. Okay. Uh, is Rutgers oh, safely yeah. in? Do you guys think Rutgers is in? I do. I do. They won at Purdue. That's like the what a top three win in America this year. Twenty seconds. Got to be. Yep. It's harder to hear Kono. Yeah, I know. My man Kono. Anything else, Trevor? Quick. Kono trying to whisper. He don't want to wake his daughter. <laughs> Ten <man>. seconds. Ten <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Here we go. Welcome back. Field of 68 after dark. We are live. Sirius XM channel 84. College Sports Radio. We are live over on YouTube. Jump in the chat. Ask us questions. We are streaming over there. It is the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Rob Doster, Terrence Oglesby, Randolph Childress. We are sitting in Madison Square Garden. You can see the uh, the lights and the buildings and the skyline of downtown Manhattan behind us. Um, guys, a little bit of a, a scary thing happened this morning, right? Yeah. We all saw the news that Bill Self wasn't going to be coaching. Um, and we got the press release that came out. Now, uh, I'm going to read exactly what it said because I think it's important to say that the way that they they, they put it. 
Bill Self did not suffer a heart attack, as reported by some media. He arrived at the emergency department last night and underwent a standard procedure that went well. He is expected to make a full recovery, but he will not be returning for the rest of the Big 12 tournament. His status for the NCAA tournament is unclear. I don't really want to dive into the medical side of this because there's too much that we don't know. And spoiler alert, none of us are doctors. Um, (laughs) What I will say is uh, we all know Bill Self. We all like Bill Self. And we all want the best for Bill Self uh, as a human being, not just as a basketball coach. Um, But I want to ask you guys, if you ever dealt with a situation where you were going into the most important part of the year or any time of the year and your coach had to step away because of health issues, you ever had an interim coach, um, does it help? that Norm Roberts was the head coach, one at uh, at St. John's for six years, and two for the first four games of this season. RC, you go first. No, I think it definitely helps. I mean, he started out the year's team and played really well up under him. So Mm -hmm. he's been a former head coach. He's a longtime assistant. He's been there. He's well-respected. I I didn't expect much drop-off at all. And they came out today and took care of business, and I don't think it'll, it'll resolve much. Obviously, you can't replace Bill Self. He's as good as there is. You know, I think when it's all said and done, he'll be possibly in the right. Yeah, ever, ever. Mount Rushmore of coaching when it's all said and done. And uh, the only thing I'm disappointed for him, hoping he's healthy, but I thought they had a legitimate chance at repeating. And that's always something special. I think the fact that Norm took over at the beginning of the season, I I think that it just made it for a flawless situation. Like it was already ready-made or flawless, seamless. Yeah, you're using the right word. I'm not. But uh, I think that certainly helps. Uh, You know, thinking about Bill, obviously, I mean, that's scary. Anytime. I'm, the, the, the word procedure comes in out of, after an emergency situation. I mean, it's always scary. So I hope, hope Bill's okay. But like you said, RC, like he one of the best to do it. And his level of consistency is like unbelievable. Yeah. But that all being said, Norm's been with him for a while. The rest of his staff has been yeah. with him for a long time. You can't replace that magic, no. that, that Bill Self magic. But at the same time, I mean, that certainly um, it, it's scary. It's scary all the way around. Yeah, we hope the best for him. And uh, the the one thing I think the message that should be taken away from this is everybody get your stuff, get your health checked, go to the doctor. My wife is always banging on me about that, and it's something that I probably should do um, a little bit more. I do think that they won the title last year. You got a veteran point guard. You got a veteran leader in Jalen Wilson. KJ Adams has been around the program forever. You have you have guys that kind of – it's not like you have a whole bunch of freshmen. You got a couple, right? right? So they have some veterans on there. But I will say this. It's starting to look like we thought this was going to be a wide-open tournament. And now Alabama's dealing with all these off-court distractions. you got a bunch of freshmen that are going to be going into press conferences having to answer questions about stuff they've never really had to answer questions about before, right? How is that going to be a distraction? you got UCLA, Jalen Clark, torn Achilles, done for the year. Um, you have Kansas dealing with this Bill Self stuff. You have Purdue who's kind of fallen uh, off a little bit. You know, outside of – Tennessee's fault, like outside of uh, the Baylor lost for the second straight time today. So outside of, Houston, I'll say this, UConn looked pretty good today. We'll, we'll talk. About, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. UConn looked pretty good for about, and about they struggled and they, and, and they struggled at the end of January when you need to struggle <laughs> and now they're figuring it out. And I'll, I'll say this, some of the stuff they ran today, when you have Calcaterra coming off, what Calcaterra, Calcaterra, Joey, California. Joey California coming off (laughs) Joseph L. California. Uh, You had him coming off one down screen. Andre Jackson was setting a pin down. Sonogo was setting a pin down on the other side. And then Jordan Hawkins was coming down. Like, and you can pick a side, 
Uh, it's hard to guard, guys. It's hard to guard. Not only that, when you fire him up, Sonogo might be the strongest human being on planet Earth. That guy attacks the offensive glass. Dude, I'm not boxing him out. I'm bouncing off of him. And, like, some of the stuff that, that I thought Hurley did a nice job, and then Cooley, Cooley made it ugly. And whenever you get down big, he switched up. He went some zone. UConn got a little stagnant. Ball quit popping a little bit. Caravan got in tr foul trouble. Mm -hmm. Changed the flow of the game. You got to make it ugly sometimes. And he almost made it ugly enough for Providence to get back and win it. Yeah. RC. But, yeah, you, UConn's said, good. UConn's yeah, you, good. You said today that I changed your mind on Andre Jackson. You did. I, I thought his first half today was the best first half. He's played all season long. UConn fans will know what I'm talking about when I say he was Andre effing to say Jackson that's today. Andre He's Andre effing Jackson. Now he was. I thought he was. I thought he set the tone early. I thought he was the reason why they got in that big lead. He was doing everything. Every 50-50 ball. That backdoor dunk. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. The one he came down the lane, I thought he was going to land in our lap. The one mm -hmm. he was coming toward us in the third row. Just disgusting. Um. But I also think we saw as good as they look, and they look like a team that could be in Houston. I think we also saw why you got to have concerns about them being mm -hmm. in Houston. Yeah. I think when teams ramp up their full court pressure, I didn't see who who takes the ball. Who's who's the closer for this team? We I actually that when we was watching the game, like when that game got tight, what are you doing? You know who it was tonight? Tonight it was Andre Jackson. Uh, I'm sorry, tonight it was sure, Tristan Newton. Jordan Hawkins made a shot. Alex Cabrera made a shot. But Tristan Newton was the one that got Newton to play and made, made the yeah. play. He like made the play. I just felt like whenever whenever Providence was making a run or whatever, it just seemed to be Hawkins just found a way to do something. Yeah. I thought his last shot was – but the way he's more effective doing it is coming off screens. And I think against better teams, they're going to switch. And you got to mm -hmm. pay more attention to him. I just wonder, they don't drop it inside as much in those neat, neat basket, you know, one-possession games need a basket. Who is going to break you down? It's got to be Newton's. Got to be the guy. And it's got to be. Got to be Newton. And he made he made some plays and tonight. He did. He did. He made some plays. He got that him. over the back rebound that was uh definitely definitely absolutely not a foul. They just seem to be no foul looking there. for somebody to say like at the end of the you know at the end of the game whatever. Well, and here's here's the thing stuff. about Tristan. Tristan is like this this kind of really laid back chill dude from El Paso, and what they've been trying to get out of him all season long is like you know sometimes you got to go you got to take the ball and you got to say this is mine and this is my game like he he. He doesn't quite think about it like that. Like he hasn't taken ownership of that role. Does that make sense? He is, but it's hard when you're not you don't have the ball in your hands. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about it before, and, and Andre Jackson is pushing it. He's had in the ball. He's he's playing point four. So many guys is handling it. It's hard to say if I'm not, it's like getting shots up. If I'm not involved in the game early, it's hard for me to say in the last five minutes, hey TO, take me home, and you got yeah. two shots. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so all right. Well, let me let me flip it on you. So you just said. UConn is a team that you can think can make a run in the wide open year. I'm going to correct. I'm going to I'm going to flip it back to you. The question we just got in the chat, Duke. I'm watching them. I'm seeing Kyle Filipowski today, 22 points, eight for ten, shooting 16 minutes. Derek Lively had maybe his best offensive game. They scored 96 points, and Tyrese Proctor and Jeremy Roach combined for 20 points, 16 assists, and two turnovers against a team that played for the ACC championship on the last day of the regular season. Tell me, talk me out of it, because I'm sitting here like. Yo, Duke could make a Final Four. Is that crazy? Wouldn't that be something? After last year and everything that transpired mm -hmm. with Coach K, his last game against North Carolina at home in Cameron, and then they get whipped. And then they go to the Final Four in New Orleans. North Carolina gets them again. 
And then Duke this year all but shut the door on them. Yeah. Said, hey, you're not going to the tournament. Yeah. We know you had big yeah. expectations. We're not going to let you go. And you, you, we both know that was the motivation that they had. There's like, hey, no there's question. No question that they think it was almost sent them home. It was almost poetic. No uh, now I, I think this Duke team, as you've seen the season go forward, Derek Lively at the beginning of the year, he was dealing with some injuries, and his growing period was the back half or the last week of December and January. Now you're starting to see what he can be defensively. I mean, a big-time rim protector. He does a lot of things, a lob threat. He's not the jump shooter I thought he had the potential to be, and he he very well may be later in his career uh, because it's not broken. But Kyle Filipowski has kind of kept them afloat. But give John Shire credit, guys. Like, he's figured and tinkered with his roster and found the right guys. Derek Whitehead's done a night. It's it's Derek. They said it Derek on TV. I've said Derek all year. Of course, I mispronounce it because it's becoming a thing. But he gets back in. He has been a solid role player that can score a lot of points as a role player because he just lets the game come with him. And that goes all the way back to him playing at Montverde with all these superstars on one of the best high school teams in history. But I digress. But with the, we, this we whole thing came down. This this whole thing came, Rob, when they switched the guard spots. Mm-hmm. When Proctor was gone. When, when Proctor went two to one, you made this point of the DTF pod. Yeah, you made it on after yeah, this whole season for Duke changed when he switched the guard spots. He let Jeremy Roach become a two guard and attack on the second side of the offense. He let Tyrese Proctor, who's very much a setup guy, who's willing to give the ball up and then get it back and then attack. I think Roach was a little bit more geared to take it and go right away. Now Roach is attacking on the second side. He can be aggressive. He can be an assist guy there, but. The ball's moving a little bit more. And Tyrese Proctor, man, you you said at the beginning of the season, and, buddy, you nailed it. It was, like, so talented, big, physical. I feel like the guy's still growing. Like, he looks taller now than he did in November. I don't know how that's possible. I think today is – I mean, I know that's possible. They had the perfect matchup today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pit small. Duke is massive inside. They're underrated defensively. And I, I think interiorly and at the rim, they may be the best interior defensive team in the country because of their length. And it makes it difficult for anybody to score on them. And so their guard, you got really good side. I thought early on they made the switch because they had to. Now Tyrese to, to Proctor has just elevated his game. Uh, yeah. I, I think he's elevated it now where it's like we can we, we can attack you in multi, multiple facets now with two guards because before it was you couldn't hack – Jeremy Rose to bring it up and run the offense and then also break you down. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. So it just made sense to say, hey, let's kick it over to let him do it now. Tyrese Proctor's doing that at his size. He's comfortable doing it. They're healthy. This team's well, healthy. You, you called this in the preseason. They're you healthy. said it in the preseason. They were banged up and they were banged young up. and it was going to take a while for them to get there. But if they got there, they had a really high ceiling. And I think we're starting to see that ceiling a little bit. Listen, we got to get to a break. But coming up next, we have Jeff Goodman and Greg Waddell with a live hit from Chicago and the Big Ten Tournament. Shottown. Nuclear. Listen, guys, I think that Duke has a chance to make a Final Four. If you think that I'm wrong, you can prove it to me. This season, we are partnering with Run Your Pool, who will be hosting the official Field of 68 Bracket Contest. It's live right now. You can go sign up already. I've actually worked with them before which is why I was fired up when we were able to land the sponsor. They have more than 50 game types for every sport that you can think of from a traditional bracket 
to bracket pools, to survivor games, to head-to-head games, to pick X games, and my personal favorite, Squares, who doesn't love squares. The scoring, of course, is customizable, and you can tailor your bracket rules to your specific pool. It's awesome. I'm use it. All my biggest pools use it. Go check it out. Here's the best part, though. Run Your Pool is giving away $1,500 free dollars. $1,500 prize pool for free. All you got to do is go sign up at the link in the description. It's play dot run your pool dot com backslash field 68 that's f-i-e-l-d 68 fill out a bracket and be eligible to win i will see you guys on march 12th real ones already know what that date means my birthday exactly that's one that's one that's all you need sorry yep. continue no we're done okay we knocked it out trevor how much time 20 seconds <laughs> one seconds left <laughs> i just said that read went entirely too smoothly not for me not to mess it up <laughs> 10. Carter's in the video. What, do I, what does that have to do with anything? Card. Five seconds. Here you go. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. We are live series XM channel 84. We are streaming over on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Jump in the chat. Ask us some questions. We're presented by our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. I'm Rob Doster, but we are not going to stay here. We're at Madison Square Garden right now. We're going to throw this thing all the way over to Chicago. We're going to go hear from Jeff Goodman, Greg Waddell, and Carter Elliott, who are checking out the Big Ten tournaments. Thanks, Rob. All right, we thanks, are here Rob. At the United Center Big Ten tournament, I'm here with Carter Elliott. I'm here with Greg Waddell, and uh, one person is happy, one person is not. And uh, the Michigan Wolverines will start there. Uh, they are out. They're in the NIT now. Uh, it has been a season to forget for the Michigan Wolverines. Hunter Dickinson comes back. We think it's going to be all roses, and instead now they're headed to the NIT. Hunter played well today. Everybody else did not. What do you think of, again, this season and what went wrong? And and where do you put the blame? If you're playing the blame game, where are you putting it, Greg? It has to go to Juwan Howard, but not necessarily for the reason I've heard the loudest criticisms of Juwan Howard. It's the roster he built that is the problem here. And everybody wants to point to – the three guys at the top, Kobe Buffkin, and Jed Howard, who are going to be first-round picks if they choose to go to the NBA. Hunter Dickinson's been an All-American two years ago, but we know what he's capable of. But beyond that, they don't have anyone capable of contributing at a winning level for a team that could dream of championships, let alone a tournament berth right now. Terrence Williams went from being a 25-minute guy to completely unplayable. 
the rest of the team is freshmen, they're inexperienced, and as good as the top-end talent has been, even today, they haven't proven they can do it in the toughest moments of the season. Jet Howard, Kobe Bufkin, 12 combined points, seven turnovers from Kobe Bufkin. I mean, you feel for him. He came on this podium and said it was just his worst game at the worst time. It's tough because now you're back in that cycle again where they lost two guys to the NBA last year. You're trying to replace them with high-level talent, but high-level talent doesn't always equal winning basketball teams in the Big Ten. Yeah, but let's let's – turn it to the team that did win and probably got themselves into the NCAA tournament. They had been floundering Rutgers, Steve Pico. They've been two and six going into this game and uh, they made shots in the second half. You know, they always guard, right, Cart? Yeah. But what they did was they made shots and Steve Pico's done an amazing job there. And this was a team again that, that, you know, needed this win desperately probably to get on the right side of, of the bubble. Yeah, I mean, you, it's, like you said, Jeff, Rutgers is a team that struggles to make shots. And even the start of this, even the start of the game against Michigan, you th- you saw it as Michigan would get up about six points, but they never could really truly pull away. And when you have guys who played a lot of college basketball, I mean, Mulcahy's he's played a lot of college basketball. Caleb McConnell's played a lot of college basketball. You get those guys going, they're just gonna will themselves to make some shots. And we saw some performance today from Derek Simpson, the freshman from Rutgers, who I think is gonna be a problem in the Big Ten for a long time. It's hard not to make that Geo Baker comparison because, one, they look alike, and two, they kind of play alike, too. But, I mean, he's going to get a lot of buckets for this Rutgers team. But credit to them because their backs were against the wall. They were reeling, and they needed this win bad, and they came here and got this win. As far as Michigan's concerned, you know, where, where do you see this, this program headed now long term? Because, again, you know, two years ago, I was kind of at a point where I was ready to say, you know what, I screwed up because I didn't think Juwan Howard was a good hire. As most former NBA guys who, you know, have $100 million in their, their bank account um, have not done well. And now two years later, there are questions about Juwan Howard and whether or not he is the right guy to lead this program long term. You know, he, he inherited a great situation from John Beeline, a great culture, how much do you worry about Juwan Howard and whether he can get this thing back to where they're not just either getting in the tournament like they did last year barely and not getting in this year? As much as I want to say I'm worried about Juwan Howard, I'm, I'm truly not worried about Juwan Howard because, you know, you look back to last year, they were still able to make Sweet 16s. In the grand scheme of things this year, it was a historically weak Big Ten conference. So shouldn't – so shouldn't they be in they, the tournament? But it's a one-year thing. Not everyone can be perfect every year, Jeff. Everyone makes everyone makes a couple mistakes here and there. If Jawan is the recruiter that people hype him up to be, if he is the player's coach that well, people wait, hype wait, him wait. up to be. One of his guys was his son. Give me this. How hard do you have to recruit your son? Give me this. <laughs> the pivotal point before we can evaluate whether or not you were right or wrong about Juwan Howard, will be this offseason. Did he learn from the mistakes of last offseason? Because the mistakes he made last offseason, waiting around for Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate to make their decisions, is what put this roster in the tough spot. They also had a little issue, Jeff. I know you know about this. Terrence Shannon was almost in maize and blue. What seed is this team right now if Terrence Shannon's playing the four next to Jet, Kobe, and Hunter Dickinson? I mean, we're not having this conversation, honestly. We're not. We're not. But, you know, certainly he could lose Jet Howard, his son, to the NBA. Would that be a bad thing? Yes, it would be a bad thing. Yes, yes, it would be a bad thing. Because, you know, freshman or freshman, you take a jump generally from your freshman to your sophomore year. He will guard next year. Will he be an elite defender? No. He'll be a better defender. He'll be a, a, a solid 
defender if he comes back next year. So I think they need Jed Howard back. I think Michigan, again, we'll see what you want, Howard. Like you said, he, he, he's got to get a better roster intact, certainly, so. for next season. Yeah, the, the portal's huge for him. Uh, you want to stay old. You know, youth doesn't generally win. Uh, look at Rutgers. Again, old, old wins. Rutgers in the tournament, most likely. Michigan, not. Um, and then we got a big one late here uh, in, in the, the first game of the night session. Penn State pulls out a huge, huge, huge win. And they've been red hot lately. Uh, the Nittany Lions have won six of the last seven. Micah Shrewsbury has a team that is tough to prepare for, aren't they? And they're fun to watch. This was the first time I've seen them in person. And you look at them and you're like, man, they are small. Like, they are really, really small. And I love the, the what, did, what did they call it, uh, Illinois? Booty ball. Booty, Booty ball. ball. Booty ball that Jalen Pickett plays, which he does. He just backs you down YMCA style, doesn't he? He does. He does. Listen, Penn State, they're small. They're skilled. We know that. But what I don't think people realize about this team until you see in person, they're tough as hell, oh, yeah. Jeff. And, I mean, this is an Illinois team that has all the talent in the world that I think thinks they're some tough guys. Tonight, they were not the tough guys they thought they were. They had their crowd here, but when it was a one-possession game late, you're going chest-to-chest -chest with Seth Lundy. He's not backing down to anybody. You're going chest-to-chest -chest with Jalen Pickett or butt-to-chest with Jalen Pickett. He's not backing down. This team, I think, is so dangerous in March because no team outside of this conference has seen anything like them. They don't practice for this type of test. And on short preps in the NCAA tournament, especially, like, say they win their first game, whoever's got them as a higher seed in the second round on a two-day prep, that's going to be a terrifying assignment. Illinois. Boy, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, Brad Underwood, give him credit, bless his soul, because, man, that dude seems so positive after the game about, hey, and, and I get it because – you know, he's had Kofi Coburn, and they haven't had success in the NCAA tournament. So his whole take was, you know what? I'm going to flip this thing. I'm going to get a bunch of long, athletic, interchangeable wings, and we're going to see what happens. So I think he's going into this thinking, you know what? I'm going to roll the dice, and let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Do you have any faith in this Illini team going into the NCAA tournament card? You know, I'm starting to lose a little bit of faith, Jeff. I really am because the word that was hammered into us this whole season, the preseason, was positionless basketball. We don't have Kofi anymore. We're going to be positionless. We're going to be better for it. We have a lot of talent, interchangeable guys, a bunch of guys that do everything. And that sounds great on paper. Everything sounds great about guys doing everything. But in, with two minutes left, I knew exactly what Penn State was going to do. I knew what they were going to do. They are going to give it to Jalen Pick, and he was going to go make a play. And guys like Winter were going to knock down shots. What position you need, Carter? You know what position you need? A point guard. A point? You need a freaking point guard. No, it doesn't matter because they have a bunch of guys who are interchangeable. So it's positionless. So point guards don't matter. They have five point guards. But at the end of the day, you need to know who you're going to down the stretch. And positionless sounds cool. It's like a, it's a buzzword. It's just like yeah. the culture word. But you got to be able to have guys who have defined roles. We shouldn't be talking about defined roles at the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, no doubt. All right, speaking of uh, guys with defined roles, Micah Shrewsbury has a defined role. He's a hell of a basketball coach, and he's proven that in two years at Penn State. Now we talk to the one and only Micah Shrewsbury after a huge win, the third win this season for Penn State against the Illini. All right, here with Micah Shrewsbury, Penn State head coach. 
Big, big win. How, how do you feel? I'm in a little relief? A lot of relief? Uh, uh, a lot of relief. Um, but, like, we're having so much fun right now playing. Um, I told our guys at Shoot Around, we've been playing single elimination tournament basketball for the last three weeks, and they've risen to the challenge every single time and done it. I'm just having so much fun coaching them. I think they're having so much fun playing with each other. This has been a blast. You guys are fun to watch. I mean, it's like small ball at its finest, right? I, I don't know if you got this from, like, Brad's Butler days a little bit or what. I mean, Matt Howard couldn't shoot. Yeah. That's the difference, right? Yeah. You, got, you got shooters all over the, the floor. How much was this kind of what you envisioned when you took the job or by default? It's kind of by default. Um, you know, we play out of – we want to play out a lot of pick and rolls. We want to spread the court and do those things. You kind of luck into figuring out that Jalen Pickett is really good with his back to the basket, right? It took us a while last year to really see that, and now you mix that in with our pick and rolls. Now he goes into the post. This year we add more shooting. You know, you get an Andrew Funk, you play Miles Dredd, Cam Winter starts shooting it great. Now it really makes it tough on people. And then Pickett, it's just his passing out of the post, out of pick and rolls. He's a great passer. You're an old team too. How much do you think that helps as well right now, especially when you have all this pressure on you, these kind of older veteran guys? Yeah, I think really just the poise. Um, like people always talked about how old we were, but we weren't an old team that's ever played together, right? So being the oldest team in the country doesn't really matter when nobody's ever played together. Now we know each other. Like I can call stuff that we don't even have in the playbook and they know exactly what I'm talking about because of their basketball IQ because they're savvy, but then they don't get rattled in moments. Um, they, you know, they deliver when the, when the chips are down. They're just a tough group, and I think that's where you see the veteran uh, leadership from all these guys come out. One of the surprising things for me about you, I, I've seen you for years, and, and you're, you're pretty chill. You're pretty mellow as an assistant coach. As a head coach, you are different. I mean, you flip the switch a little bit, and – you, you got a little bit of, of some shit to you, don't you? When the, I always say it, when the game, I tell our guys, like, when the game starts, you know, I go from, like, Coach Shrewsbury, like, Tasmanian devil. Um, I, I just want it, man. I, I, like, I love to win. I hate losing. Uh, there's a passion behind it. But also, like, all these guys, like, I'd never done anything as a head coach, right? Nothing. And first-year head coach, all these dudes believed in me. Right, they they committed with a vision, and I don't want to let these guys down. I, I want them to to ride this out as much as possible, and I appreciate what they're doing, what we're doing for Penn State, and uh, I try and keep my emotions in check a little bit. All right, the third win against Illinois, a charm today, because I, I think it puts Penn State in in the field. I don't know if you're ready to say that. I don't know. Did you tell your team that, or did you tell your players, hey, listen, we still haven't done it. We need to win one more. Yeah, no, we haven't even talked about it. We just talked about, like, let's win the next game. Let's win the next game. That's all we're looking forward to. And, like, Northwestern's the biggest game of our season because it's the next game. And we've kept that mentality for a long time. And now, you know, my number's wrong, but maybe six out of seven um, wins in our last seven games. The, the, the game we lost against Rutgers, like, we played well for 25 minutes, 30 minutes, 35 minutes. We just didn't finish it. But that was still us that got that lead. Right, We want to be that group for longer stretches, and we've been that group for the majority of the season. 
All right. Thanks, Micah. Thank Back to you, Rob. To you, Rob. Jeff, Greg, Carter, thank you for that. That was uh, the guys over at the Big Ten Tournament. Listen, we have to talk about Randolph Childress making his <laughs> first ever appearance at the Big East Tournament on Randolph Childress Day. We're going to be doing that when we come back. Clear. All right, guys, we got a we got another read I got to talk to you about. Um, do you guys ever get tired of trying to prove that you want an argument? That your takes weren't hot? I, I lose all the just arguments. Right? Every argument I'm at my house, well, I lose them. I have an answer to all your problems. Vaulted is a new sports prediction app that turns your opinions <laughs> into facts. You can store all of your predictions and hot takes in your own vault now and forever. Challenge your friends. It's your very own or, challenge flag. Yes, or exactly. Or your co-hosts keep track of the results and prove that you are, in fact, the smartest in the room. Vaulted will also be releasing more than 50 pools in the next three months. So download the Jesus. app at the link in the description. Sign up for your three-month trial and store your predictions now and forever. I'm already on there. You can challenge me if you think that you're smarter than I am. There you go. <laughs> Almost <laughs> don't do that. Use 30 seconds. App. How much time? Sorry. You got 30. Oh, okay. Take it take it easy, Valise. <laughs> Trevor, we got any questions? Tell me what to do. <laughs> 10 seconds. <laughs> you know it's almost 1 a.m. when T.O. starts getting on this roll. Yeah, I'm ready, baby. Here you go. Welcome back. Field of 68 After Dark. We are live. Sirius XM Channel 84. That is College Sports Radio. We're also live over on the Field of 68 YouTube channel. Uh, we're going to be answering questions in the chat in the afters here in about 11 minutes. Before we do that, Rob Doster, Terrence Oglesby, and the one and only Randolph Childress. Guys, I don't know if you knew this. I didn't even realize this until about 12 days ago. It is officially Randolph uh. Childress Day. It is a national holiday. It is the day that he made Jeff McGinnis fall and then waved to him as he nailed a jump shot in the ACC tournament. You're an ACC guy. You made it up to the Big East tournament today. It was the first time you've ever been to the Big East tournament. Yeah. Give me your thoughts. Give me your reactions. Give me your takes. I can't lie to you. I was blown away. I was impressed. Uh, every game, the energy. For one, a game in the guard is always great. Mm -hmm. But I was blown away with every game, no matter who was playing. Didn't matter the matchups. Gym was packed. Energy was crazy. Uh, everybody was probably drunk, having a good time. Mm -hmm. But it was, you know, I, I, I got a about eighty percent inebriated. It's, it's <laughs> is it that low? <laughs> we, we got flashed out there just <laughs> the last game you did okay, okay. i did yeah. not get flashed there was no flashing involved with old to i'm sure i'd be going around on, on the internet at some point <laughs> somebody, some, somebody was reaching up on a jumbo chon and realized that her uh top was a little low so you guys probably <laughs> or a little high yeah yeah a little high but no, it was a it's a hell of an event. I mean, I can't imagine it's going to be even better tomorrow. I can't. I'm excited about tomorrow. Friday night at the Garden for the Big East tournament oh, semifinals is the best that it gets. Tio, you were here for that last year. It, it's amazing, and, and the thing is too, the, 
the ambiance at Madison Square Garden is amazing. The lights all on the floor. Yeah. You can still see the crowd, but you don't. It doesn't really be a factor outside of the noise because all the attention's right there on the floor. And you go to some of these big arenas around the country. If you get put on the jumbotron at Madison Square Garden, there's not a sad face there. No. There's not somebody ignoring it. It's, it's a place. big deal. Like this is, it is the ultimate stage for college basketball and the energy between the fan bases. And I've said this before, Robin, and I think you'll agree to this. Like there's a certain hate slash respect. We didn't have any fights. We didn't have any mm-hmm. fights. There's a certain hate slash respect that it, it just makes it a different kind of fun. And the proximity of most of the schools in this league, I think certainly helps that. You know what it feels like for you and I, it feels like what, the ACC basketball that we grew up in. Yeah, it's what I played in 15 years ago. Like changed. And not that we're saying the basketball is different, but just the crowds and everybody mm -hmm. else. This felt felt like an old school robbery of of college athletics. And I'm talking about even walking out. Big East never forgot about the fans. No. Mm -hmm. No. Which I'm not saying, well, I am saying, but there's certain conferences that forgot about the the fans. The Big East is the conference that does major conference tournaments right. Let's talk about the games that we saw and the action that we saw. I want to start with Marquette because Marquette was down, I believe it was 13 points in the first half to St. John's, came all the way back. It was a dogfight. Tyler Kolick did first-team All-American stuff. Man, he's good. 17 points, nine boards, six assists, um, and they were able to shake off a rough shooting night from Cam Jones to win that game. How – Paul, number two seed in this. Uh, I'm sorry, um, Xavier, number two seed in the conference, also had to come back. I think they were down by 17 in the first half against DePaul. Who are you more concern, concerned about? Is this just the nature of March, T.O.? I, I, I'm not really concerned about either team. If I had to pick one, I would say Xavier, though, because I, I think, you know, Kobe Jones was terrific tonight, but it, there just seemed to be something missing on the defensive end that I'm not sure they can really be picked up. Jack Nanji's a really nice player. I'm not sure he's an elite rim protector. He's a big mm-hmm. dude. Right. I'm not sure he's an elite rim protector. Uh, what Tyler Kolick did today uh, in the second half showed you everything you need to know. If there were any doubters, watch that second half. I, I mean, they, they closed the show. Oh, he's he's so good, and I, I wish I could share with the general public what he told me after this game. <laughs> I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna do it. But that kid plays with a certain fire. Give give it a give it a, a general consensus. Uh, the general thought was he realizes it's going to be a a UConn based crowd. And he's very excited to play against it. Mm-hmm. He's very excited. Uh, it, it's it, his mental toughness. I mean, he keeps his dribble alive. He sets you know, up the I offense like he's just so tough. What What was better, hitting a shot at home and having the crowd go absolutely nuts when it's a big shot, or hitting a big shot on the road on the road and, and making the gym completely silent on the road? I mean. I- I had a lot of both, you know what I mean? Or seeing, I like both of them. I like them for different reasons. The shot at Maryland was big because it shut everybody up, and you could see the replay where all the fans just sat down all simultaneously. <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, that happened at College Park 2008. If you want to look it up, I watch it all the time. <laughs> What's up, SVP? I watch it all the time. And then it, I, I think at home, too, if, if it's a full house, and it's really going, and the energy's good. It's been back and forth. That's obviously a lot of fun too. There's, 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 <laughs> Siri doesn't get it. Siri doesn't get it. No, but it's uh, 
he'll he'll never understand me. Siri will never understand me. It's a it's a thing where both work great. That was weird. Yeah, I've never seen that happen. That's before in my entire. But you got to be concerned about Xavier's defense. Right yeah, now. absolutely. I, I think. I mean, they gave up what fifty percent from three, sixty from the field. The guards, I, the Paul's I, I, guards, got wherever they yeah, wanted the yeah, entire game. Yeah, they did. I, I, I think that's the concerning thing. That was never their strong suit. They've been inconsistent defensively all defensively all year, mm-hmm. um, and that's not a great DePaul team. And they they, they they played their butt they, off, they man, played, and they're healthy. They deserved to win. I thought they deserved to win. Yeah, they were deserving to win in that game. They just didn't put it out. Didn't make enough plays late, but uh, the efficiency in which they shot the ball and scored tonight, I. You, you saw them. You saw what games. we thought DePaul could be at times tonight, because that, you know, on on Genda plays what six, seven. This was his seventh game. I can't believe he played, but he played his seventh game of the season tonight, yeah. and he was a rim protector to the nth yeah, he's degree. A he's a, a huge difference maker, lob threat, extremely athletic. Like Emoji Gibson was, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, big time player. Caleb Murphy. You saw him get the spots, like. This DeBall team obviously dealt with a lot of injuries, but they played about as well as they could, and Xavier still found a way to win. Kobe yeah, Jones was awesome. Credit to those guys. Yeah, yeah he, absolutely. He was, he was fantastic in the second half. I want to ask you guys real quick. we got about three minutes left here. Iowa State, for the second straight game, knocks off the Baylor Bears. Um, two straight wins, both without Caleb Grill. Uh, how much – I know you're not in that locker room, so you can't speak to this specific situation, but – if you have someone that maybe is a uh, – that ruins the chemistry, that ruins the culture, that doesn't really fit, and then they're gone, um, can that explain this turnaround for Iowa State? Or is this just an example of, you know, Baylor's 0-3 against uh, Iowa State this year? They're 22-6 and against the rest of the country. They're 0-3 against uh, Iowa State. Is this just a bad matchup? Like, what do you – what do you what do you make of these? The I think it's addition by subtraction. But I am concerned about Baylor. I don't think they're as good as defensively as they've been. Mm-hmm. And I don't think they're – I don't consider them any longer a national championship threat. Ooh. Are they are, are they tough enough to win games ugly? And Iowa State makes it ugly. And, I mean, proof's in the pudding there. 0-3, mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big issue, especially when you get into the NCAA tournament. Can they win a game ugly? Marquette did that today. Uh, we've seen UConn do that at times. It – not sure Baylor can do it. That all being said, Scott Drew is Scott Drew. So, mm-hmm. and their guards are their guards, but I just don't think they defensively are as good as they've been. Here's here is my single biggest concern. We saw Baylor get the best game that Jalen Bridges is ever going to play. He's never going to play a better game than this. Twenty eight points, mm-hmm. ten for eleven from the floor, seven for eight from three, and they lost to Iowa State. Yeah. Now that could just be a situation where the guards just didn't have a great game, which will happen. You're not going to play great every night. And I, I would be willing to bet we're never going to see another game this season where all three of those guys have a bad game. Just they're too good for that. But if you lose when Jalen Bridges goes nuts, to me, that's a red flag. I just don't think they're as good as they've been defensively, and they're going to need two. Well, they're of not. Their, they're two, not. Good. They're not. And, and two of those three guards have got to play really good for them to win mm-hmm. against good teams. Yep. All right. They're going to face. So let me ask you this Baylor or Texas? You got to go all in on one of them. Texas. Texas, easy. That's Texas, easy. That's easy. Easy. Well, what were they head-to-head this year? Not that that matters, but – Split. Okay, so I, I would go Texas because I feel like Texas has a guy as a group of guys that can win ugly. I think, And I think they've been more consistent all year long. We're they not have. We're questioning 
You know, By the way, shout out Rodney Terry, Big 12 Coach of the Year this year. Well, no, I think it's still Kansas State. I think we still got to go. I don't. I don't think. He no, he did. won it. He won it. He did. They gave. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. How you won That's it? Wrong. All right. But it, but but and let me say that as you guys know, I was advocating for him. I've been saying all along. He should give, get the job. Give him the damn job. He should get the job. He should get the job. Just because you didn't win Big Twelve Coach that, of the Year doesn't that, mean you shouldn't get that, the job. That, Coach of the Year tournament belongs up in Kansas State. It belongs in Manhattan. It, it, it mm-hmm. doesn't belong. Man happy. Man happy. Yeah, no. Man happy. That's where the, the little apple. Listen, uh, this has been the field of 68 after dark. We were live in Madison Square Garden. We're not on the court tonight. Hopefully, we'll be on the court again tomorrow night. Uh, it's going to be me, RC. We'll have John Fanta tomorrow. Uh, so for Terrence Oglesby, who is catching a flight up to Burlington, Vermont, to go call the America East title game. Kill it, man. 7 a.m. He's going to kill catch, it. Go. He's, uh, he's taking off. So Field of 68 after dark tomorrow night, midnight. We'll see you then. All right. T.O., you want to go? Yeah, I'm going to go. All right. Cheers of the night to you guys. Yep. Cheers of the night. Sleep, man. Yep. All right. We'll be here for about another 15 minutes, and then we're going to get ready for uh, tomorrow. Trevor. Producer Trevor, what do you got for us? T.O., get the hell out of here, man. I'm trying. <laughs> Yeah, it's a serious shut up, man. Go to bed. Yeah. Trevor, what do you got? Uh, okay, here's a random one to start us off. Who goes further in the tournament, Duke or Arizona? Who will go farther in the NCAA tournament? Duke or Arizona? What do you think? I, I like the Dukies. I kind of lean Duke, too. Why? Guard play? I think they're better defensively. I think when they're not making shots, they can create offense through their defense. And I, I don't think I can say that for Arizona. I kind of like the fact that um, Duke is going all in on this two kind of point guard look. You know, I, I, I bang on this point all the time, right? The best teams in college basketball that that that, that win titles right. have two point guards, at the very least two playmakers. Right. And that's what that's what Duke has. Tyrese Proctor is probably what you would call the point guard. Jeremy Roach is a secondary playmate. I think you need that. I, I don't know that. if there is a team in the country that's as versatile and can attack you in so many different ways as Duke is right now, a healthy Duke team. Mm-hmm. Having Derek or Derek Whitehead available to him, Lively's what he's bringing in, Young, the bodies that they're able to throw out there now changes everything. Yep, absolutely. Are you uh, are you worried about Arizona at all? Or is it just kind of... No, just, just because of the comparison we made. I, I'm not as concerned about them. They're going to score and they're going to force you to score. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they have the defense that they're as good defensively as a unit as as Duke is. Yeah, I would tend to agree. Trevor, what else? All right, this one's from Bram. All three of these teams lost three times to the same opponent. Who are you most concerned about in the NCAA tournament? Illinois, Baylor, or NC State? Well, compared like compared to where they're probably going to end up being seated, I would probably say. Baylor as a two seed, I'm the most worried about. Yes, um, but that's just because like Illinois is what? The, what do they be like an eight or nine? I'm like thinking, that? yeah. I don't, and I don't expect much from them. I, they may win one game, and I don't expect them to win beyond that. But Baylor's right now on a two or three line, and I don't know if they're making it to the Sweet Sixteen. Like yeah. I'm really concerned about them. Yeah, it, it's not just the Iowa State thing. I, I just don't think they're as good defensive. They just didn't figure that out this year. They're just not. And he lost Devin Mitchell, so I'm not comparing him just to that. I just think overall, collectively, they're just not as good on that end of the floor. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, who was the third team, Trevor? I'm sorry, I forgot. NC State. NC State. NC State. 
Um, I actually think I, I, I'm still into NC State. I think that was just a bad matchup for him, Clemson. I mean, T.O., I swear, T.O. for like three days has been completely nonplussed with this game. He's like, I'm not worried about it. NC State does all the things that, that Clemson wants you to be able to do. He's like, that's a, that's a great matchup. Clemson's winning this thing by 20. I swear he's been saying that. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't – the team you saw against Virginia Tech, that NC State team can beat anybody. You get an efficient Tarquavian Smith, and you're not beating them. And Jarkel's playing well. And Jarkel was yeah. 20 and 10. They play at that level. I don't care who you are. They can beat anybody and then get Burns inside. The problem is when they're not playing well or they're not shooting it well, um, they can struggle. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I think Burns becomes an issue defensively. Like, what are you going to do? You can't hide him. He has to stay inside. He's prone to foul trouble. And what are you going to do if a big can, can put it on the floor or spit? So I don't expect the team to go necessarily deep, but they're a scary team because that guard play can you be. You don't want to if you let's say they end up as a you don't want to play in the, in the like seven ten game. Yeah, right. Let's get they're a ten yeah. seed. They win their first round yeah. game. You're a two seed, and now you got a team that's going to press. They can push the way that they can push. Yeah. That has probably the best backcourt in the game. Yep. Right, and a guy that you could throw the ball into and get a ball. Yeah. They got flaws. There's a reason why they're going to be a ten seed, but that that's a. A good, talented, scary team. It would scare the hell out of me if I'm, you know, in the second round. Yeah, like that's a team I don't, I don't want my bracket in the second round. They could put up ninety points. Anybody that can put up ninety points, like you don't want to deal with this because you got to score too. And more importantly, what they've shown is even when their guard play is strong, Burns has shown he's capable of carrying the load for a game. So nobody wants to see them in the second round. I don't care what what your seating is. Yep. What else we got, Trevor? Uh, we got some UConn fans in the chat asking for Rob's take on Dan Hurley's game plan and how he reacted to that second-half comeback. Takes um, on Dan I have Hurley. a lot of takes on Dan Hurley. Uh, before we do that, catch up with Dan Hurley. Uh, so, Trevor, let's roll that interview now. Welcome onto the field of 68 after dark, none other than UConn head coach Dan Hurley, who decided to try to kill me on press row today. Tried to give me a heart attack, but you found a way, you got it done, you won the game, yeah. hell of a game. That's what Big East basketball is all about right there, right? Yeah, I just think this time of year, and again, I think for 28 minutes, we played to our fullest potential, and, uh, offensively, defensively, up 26 against that team. You know, but this time of year, you know, no one dies easy. And um, you know, they made a big run. We obviously turned the ball over a lot. We fouled a lot. Some things that have, uh, you know, that, that are real issues for us. Um, which then chopped the game up, and uh, but I thought we showed some character to make some big threes and get out of there with a with a nice win. Yeah, I want to ask you about Tristan Newton because I thought he was fantastic for the last ten minutes, but specifically that last three minutes. He had the assist to Adama Sonogo, the assist to I think it was Caravan in the corner, mm-hmm. and he came up with that loose ball in the offensive rebound that you had to get. That was mm-hmm. a, that was the first time in about a ten minute stretch that you guys won a toughness. Yeah, because there were about five fouls uh, before he was able to secure that ball. Um, yeah, he, he really stepped up and. You know, to be in the situation he was in today, uh, to not start the game, usually players, when they're put in that position, you know, they melt down or they go in the tank, and, and he did not do that. He showed incredible mental toughness, and uh, you know, obviously Jordan was great. Uh, Andre was, was, was all over the place, but Tristan's threes and clutch down the stretch was big. Yeah, that, that first half from Andre, I think, was the best half I can remember seeing him play in a long, long time. He made he, he won about like eight or nine possessions for you guys. When he is playing like that, what does it bring? It just changes everything. He's uh, it creates so many opportunities for his teammates. You know, pushing defensive rebounds, finding shooters on offensive rebounds. You know, when he's now driving it, finishing at the rim. 
Um, dunking on like nine people? Dunking on nine people, probably could have been a three-point play. Uh, on the righty dunk there, you know, he was, uh, he's such a unique player and he's the heart and soul of the team. When, uh, when he dunks like that, do you sit there and you pat yourself on the back and say, that's right, I told you, just jump over everybody and dunk it on everyone? Is that I just love draw that, that one I fucking up? love that kid, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I love this team. This is you know, one of my favorite teams I've ever had a chance to coach. It's just such great personalities, and, and he's a huge part of it. Mm -hmm. All right, last thing I got for you. Jordan Hawkins didn't really have the best game that he's ever played tonight. What does that kind of tell you moving forward? You know, you can survive even without him going off and being the 20, 25, 30 point guy. Yeah, I, I think the bench has responded and, and been much better for us. Uh, we didn't get the center play that we would normally get. You know, they, they obviously did a great job at Crosswell's a hell of an interior defender. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Jordan, I think, is, the, is a guy on the perimeter since I've been here that has the makeup to be that big time gunslinger this month though. I, I think he's, he believes that he's about to light this month up. Well, Dan, I appreciate you joining us. That's Field right. of 68 After Dark, we'll be right back. I love, love that Hurley was like, I fucking love that kid. <laughs> I fucking love that kid, because we all do. It's Andre fucking Jackson, it's baby. Andre now we're off series with the as much as we want. Um, uh, the, So they asked about the game plan, Trevor. I thought uh, two things really stood out to me. One, um, was that, I mean, Tio was talking about a little bit. They've really gone into this idea of getting Adama Sonogo in the middle of the floor at the high post, uh, not just the high post, but like probably at the top of the key and running pin downs on, on opposite wings mm -hmm. and just saying like, there's no way that you're going to be able to stay with Jordan Hawkins and Tristan Newton and you have to guard um, Andre Jackson. Just finding ways to engage Andre's defender. I thought that that was really important. But more than anything else, like, Andre Jackson in the first half of that game, I, I I swear, man, like, I don't know if there's anybody that could have impacted a game more than he did and and with, with the numbers that he put up. Like, he won probably four offensive rebounds just from his hustle. He forced, like, probably four or five turnovers. He got some defensive rebounds. He got loose balls that they had no business getting. Like, he probably won them, I would say, nine to ten extra possessions in the first half. He had, I know, at least eight or nine rebounds in the mm -hmm. first half. His, he did everything. He caught, he pushed it, he scored in traffic, he defended, he he blocked shots. He re I mean, he was all over the place. Just the ultimate glue guy. And mm -hmm. that's what you want. I mean, he's playing like that with his size and athleticism. What was he playing like? Andre, <laughs> Andre fucking Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> uh, I was impressed with him today. I, I thought for that half, he was the not only the best, I thought he was the best player in the gym mm -hmm. that we've seen today for a half. I thought he was that good. Um, that first half, as far as without having to score the basketball, he did everything he'd want. Uh, uh, to your point about the offense that they're running, I think it's running that keeps you balanced. And I think because they're running shooters off, they're running yeah. guys off that can make shots. You got to be there with them. And then if it breaks down, you're just throwing it inside. Yep. So it gives them a chance to, to attack you many different ways. So we'll see. I, I still think there's concern with them is closing games or putting the ball in a guard's hand. We'll see if it's Newton. You know, I think it has to be him. Got to be Newton. I, I think it's got to be Newton. Uh, we'll see if they if they're gonna win this thing. He's gonna have to take him home. I think late. And I, I and I don't mean scoring. He, the ball just needs to be in his hands, and he needs to make plays. He, and that's he's the, the guy. He's score. the guy that that gets a paint touch. That yeah. you trust right. that can, you know, draw a foul. Right. Kick it out to somebody right. or score himself. He so got to make it, the play. He's got to be the guy. You have you have plenty of shooters around him that can make the game winning yeah. out for you. And yeah. He's got to make the play. Yep. Everyone else, uh, Braden wants your guys' thoughts on Creighton's win and if they can win the tournament. Absolutely, hell yeah, yeah. I, I thought 
Villanova gave him a good valid run, but Carbrenner just changes the paint. You just, you just, you're not shooting high percentage shots at the rim with him in there, and it gives all the other guys aggression to, to be to press on the perimeter. And he's a lob threat, and we've seen what he's done to this team. This team was dead in the water. Yeah, he gets back and completely flips everything. What did what did Trey Alex? I'm bringing up the box score right now. I haven't seen it since the game ended. Trey Alexander was unbelievable in the first half. I thought. Um, 13.7 boards, couple assists. Uh, Baylor Shireman, 12 points, 12 boards, nine assists. Um, Ryan Nemhart, 17 points, five boards, yeah. five assists. They have three guys that could be their creators. Right. All three of those guys can make a three. Yep. Arthur Kaluma can make a three. You know, they 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 are a very, very, very good basketball team. The only question I have is the depth thing. They basically have five guys. I think who this is so it's like everything else, man. It's about matchups. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like UConn matchup against these guys is favorable for UConn. They got the depth, they got the bodies, and they mm-hmm. got the depth that can give them some issues. But I, I, I don't know if anybody else besides UConn can beat them. Yeah, I, just I, off of what we saw today, I like them. I like them against Xavier. Yeah, I like. I would. I would take them against Xavier. I think the I only think, thing that concerns me. Is UConn. I think we're going to end up seeing a UConn-Creighton Big East tournament title game. And I think both of those teams are good enough to make a Final Four this year. Last Big East thing, we'll circle back to it. Uh, people still asking about Patrick Ewing and Georgetown's coaching. Yeah, team. let's talk about that. Let's talk yeah. about Patrick Ewing. Um, I, look, I, I'm telling you, this has been the talk of the Big East tournament. Like, yes. this is what everybody's been talking about right. today, more, more than just the games itself. So. Right. Um, I think we all agree that that Patrick Ewing, it was time for him to go. It was time. Like he needed to go. It was the it was the right time. Um I I think they did it with about as much uh leaving him as much dignity as you can in that situation. It's never easy to fire someone you don't want to fire. Yeah, they, they gave him the year. Let's be honest. He because it's Patrick Ewing, he got the year. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they didn't take advantage of it because again, coming into this year, Jeff Capel. Pittsburgh was that way. He freaking won coach of the year. Yep. There's a ton of coaches that we can say. I mean, Brad Brunel done at Clemson was another one that was you heard rumors about, and they are having a hell of a year. They're playing themselves in a the tournament. There's a bunch of teams that have had the opportunity to do it. I mean, last year, the team didn't win a conference game. You do that in your fifth year, you're done. Mm-hmm. Any school. And because it's Patrick Jones, they gave him a year, and then the year went the way it went. I, I just, there's no, no one surprised. Yeah. So let's talk about. The list of coaching candidates. Um, we've all heard Michael Sh- Michael Shrewsbury. We've all heard Rick Pitino. Yeah. Um, there's other names. The Jeff Capel's been kind of yep. yep. linked there. Uh, if you are uh, Lee Reed, if you are the Georgetown Athletic Director, mm. who are you hiring? You know, before you give me a specific name, just you're you're from right from the DCA, right, right. What do you need to be to be able to be successful there right now? I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Big John. I'm not talking about JT three. Right, that was a different era. That was a long time right. ago. That's, right now, right. What do you need to be successful there? How do you have to coach? You you better change. Well, the style of play will be fine. It'll take care of itself. But you got to come in there expecting to change the culture. Like you got to get away from everything that was. And I don't mean it to say get away from John Thompson or anything else because everything he, you're never going to it's just like chasing a ghost you got to move on you got to move on like you got to move on and, and put your imprint on the program 
trying to hang on to something that John Thompson has done, you're never going to be able to do it. So just come in there, make your own program. I think the other thing is they got to start keeping some of the talent home. You yeah. know, they got to start keeping the talent home. That, that talent has gone to Louisville. I mean, uh, it has gone to Louisville in the past, but it's been Villanova's. Mm-hmm. You know, you go and look at all this, this Villanova run and watch how many players from the Washington, D.C. area who's – Josh Hart. Slater. Slater. Uh, all the guys, even on the first championship, Jenkins, all mm-hmm. these guys, you know, they were all from from that team. And so I know I'm missing one more that was on an earlier roster. So they got to keep some of that talent at home that's gone everywhere else, even like that's gone to Duke and some of these other places. So that'll be the first. Jeremy Roach. Jeremy Roach. There's the, the, Trevor what, Keels. Is it the WCAC. WCAC. Yeah. That's the best high school basketball yeah. league in the United States of America, yeah. hands down. So you got to keep that talent home. Um, how do you do that? Is that just, is that recruiting? Are you hiring? Like, so I love what Kevin Willard did where he went out and he hired a bunch of guys uh, with deep, dc connections because he's not really right. a, a dc guy so right. i had a bunch of guys that are right and i would make the argument he's done a really good job with this maryland program so far so is that what you were are you doing are you hiring a dc guy are you hiring someone that already knows how to deal with like team takeover you know what I, i'm conflicted with that because i always feel as though you better hire sometimes it's good to come in and not necessarily have to have anybody mm-hmm. right because now things have changed as much you know that, that was the kind of the thing one time or another now it's Sometimes you can tie yourself to a universe or to a program and then piss off other programs. It's like all trees, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about, you know, coaches and stuff taking over a job. All trees that they got what four, we got still got four EYBL teams. Mm-hmm. He has to monitor how he picks his staff and he has ties to take over, mm-hmm. right? So how he puts his staff together can dictate he, how he can rub somebody the wrong way, right? So I, I think in, I'm using Red as an example. I think he probably needs to surround well, himself. Real quick, with for people that don't know, Red Autry is the guy that was um, hired to replace Beheim at Syracuse. At Syracuse. So for him being in New York, he may need to get somebody else out there that doesn't have ties mm-hmm. to everybody here. And that's so he doesn't alienate himself saying, oh, you're taking a, a PSA guy, or you're taking a Renz guy, or you're taking a City Rocks guy. You know what I mean? Or something. So, so, that, that that I think matters in this case. I think is something that you just got to consider either way. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I understand. There's both. a there's a lot of politics, right? Yes, and you got to be prepared for that. I think that doesn't always win because the problem of it is when you take a guy from a program, it's not like you're going to get every kid from the program anyway. Right. It never works that way. Yep. Um, the the one thing I would say is that in hiring somebody from the outside, like a Michael Shrewsbury, for mm-hmm. example, um you don't have any of those like preconceived connections. Right. And part of the reason why, like Ed Cooley is a name that we love throwing around on right. the show, right? Hire Ed Cooley for Georgetown. Go do it. Um, it His ability to kind of get along with everybody. Right. You're, I don't think, have you ever met anybody that doesn't like Ed Cooley? No. Other than, other than like UConn fans? And even UConn <laughs> fans that don't like Ed Cooley are just saying because they can't. Yes, because he, he, he wins. Right, while, right, right, right. Um, someone that can kind of come in and be friends with everybody and get along with And everybody. that's what I mean. And cross I got, those, yes. Uh, for lack of a better term, political. Yes. Line, you know what I'm saying? And he could come in and bring his entire staff and yes. be successful. And that's what I'm saying. So it's it's different ways you can go about it. But a guy like that, that can just say, hey, give me a chance. Well-respected, mm-hmm. well-liked, can flat out coach. A guy like that can change everything. And I think that's, you know, that, that would be a great hire. So who would you give me your, the first person that you'd call, give me the next person you call and who you would hope that you, you think you're going to end up getting if you're the AD. Wow, if you can get Shrewsbury, I mean, Shrewsbury, I mean, hell, 
what he's doing right now, taking Pitt to the tournament, I think that's Penn State. I mean, I'm sorry, Penn State. I, I think Cape was another one. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's going to be ACC coach of the year if if um, you can pull that one off. I would you so the, let me let me push back a little bit on Capel because um, he basically had one good season at Pitt mm-hmm. and another good season that was blown up because of chemistry issues. So is that enough to get a job like Georgetown? It's obviously going to be a rebuilding job. And I think the argument that you can make is that he rebuilt Pitt twice. Right. And I was going to say that. Yeah. I thought he had the talent there. Things went, you know, and and let's be honest, it wasn't his fault the first time when we went, went over to play. It was, you know what I mean? So that's it's just typical stuff that happened with young kids. Yep. So he he's shown he can get the talent in there. We know he can coach. And so that's why I say that, uh, you know, but. People forget that he he brought Blake Griffin to the Elite Eight. Right, right. I mean, he can fly. I mean, Jeff can fly. He can get it done. So um, that's why I say that. I just believe that he can do that. I, I, I've, I've really – what he has done is not easy because there's not a lot of coach that can come in there where you're like the only reason he's at Pittsburgh because of his buyout was too hot. Mm-hmm. And then he came out and flat out they had a hell of a year. You know, there's no doubt about that. So – I, I that that's what you need, and let's be honest. This Georgetown job is a complete rebuild. Yeah, that's yeah, what you're you starting got. From the ground up, you are man. The one good, the one good thing about getting the job from the ground up is that it's easy to do that. It, well, easier to do that in the transfer portal. Uh, transfer portal mm-hmm. era. That's a hard thing for me to say. Transfer portal <laughs> era. That's a tough one. Um, and you're not going to have to like you're you're building your own team. Right. So you will be able to have like a two, three, four year window where you get it. Like you don't have to be great year one. No, it's not like walking into Duke when you're John Shire. It's not like walking into North Carolina no. when they you're don't have the expectations. expectations. So um, I think I, I love the Shrewsbury fit there. Um, I'm kind of coming around on Jeff Capel. I don't think that that I don't know if that's the first guy that I would try to get, but I, I like the uh, the idea of him. You kind of sold me on that in a little bit. I'll add this too, something to think about. You'll 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 know this. I don't know if fans will understand this. That's probably one of the few jobs, if only job in the country, is because of John, because it's in Washington, DC. Mm-hmm. People always felt as though it should be th- that a black head coach represents that institution. Fair or not, whether you agree with it or not. But you and I both know we've been around coaching enough for that job. It's always seemed like because of that's the ghost that John that John Thompson. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of people that grew up thinking that Georgetown was an HBCU. Yeah, yeah, a lot I of mean, people. Yeah, did. you know, and so it, that's that's why I mean, one of the reasons those guys are helping. I don't, coaches, I don't think that it's necessarily a bad thing either. No, it's it's. I'll tell you what. Growing up there, and I've said this growing up there, growing up in Washington D.C. is one of the places where it's called Chocolate City. It's one of the few mm-hmm. places where African Americans are the majority. That's changing, but in the city, you know, you know, years ago it was 70, 30 or 80, 20. It's higher than that. No, yeah. it, it was higher than that. And nowhere else in the country can you say that for a city. Mm-hmm. And that's why I said that place is unique in that manner. And it's it's it, and the people there, that's how they carry that. They hold on, they hold on to that. And that's why I say Georgetown used to be a big part of that so again and they may go completely away from it like i said i said that before somebody has to come in there with their own energy their own yeah feel. I, I just the one thing i hope is that the whoever they hire they let them they have to it. they let them go and build a program their I, own way i think they have to because the guys that we're talking about don't have to go 
Yep. So they don't have to take it. So if you're not going to allow me to, if I'm a coach, one of these guys that they're going after, you're not going to allow me to be me. Then I'm good. I got a job. They're not hiring an assistant. There no assistant coach that feels like, man, I got to take this job. It's it's they're not offering that to them. The guys that they're offering have jobs. We're talking about a guy. One guy mentioned just took us to taking his team to the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. in year two, and another guy that just won coach of the year. Yeah. So we, we, those are the two guys we're naming. Not yeah, saying they're, that they're, they're either, getting it. If they're either going to get Georgetown or right, they're going right, to turn that into right, a station. Right. So yeah. they, they're going, you know, we're just naming that this is the caliber of the coaches that we're talking about, and they don't have to take it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about other uh, other openings. We don't have to go too long in this, but the Notre Dame one. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about Texas Tech, and I do want to talk about Ole Miss. But the Notre Dame one is the interesting one to me because that's where I can see – we talk about the carousel spinning. That's where I can see – Something happening, you know. Uh, Fran McCaffrey's a name that yeah. gets brought up at Notre Dame a lot. Yeah, Greg McDermott is a name that gets brought up yeah. at Notre Dame a lot. And either one of those two jobs opening up, you're going to have a lot of coaches going after him. Steve Forbes is a name that's been yeah. Like they throw his name out at Iowa. Yeah. Iowa's not even. He's a Midwest yet. guy. Yeah, and, and, and you know he's he's done a hell of a job with my Deeks, but he's a Midwest guy. And well, you're also finding out now. I think the adjustment that's coming up that everybody's not thinking about is next year this is the last year of covid mm-hmm. so i think you're going to see a lot of movement off things like this because everybody in the past you can just get old stay old this having 24 and 25 and 26 year old kids it's about the end it's about the end and you're just going to have your traditional fifth year guy mm-hmm. or something like that you're no longer going to have these six and these super super duper seniors and all that this is the last year and so you know, you got to figure out. And then sometimes you got to figure out now, can you, with the NIL is making a difference. Do you got money? Does the school have money? People are surprised at how many of these schools they don't have. The schools you think have money, they don't. And it's not that they don't have it. They're just not accustomed to playing that game yet. Yep. And if they're not accustomed it's, to playing that game, it's, it's figure, changing everything. It's tricky figuring out how to be able to yep. build the infrastructure yep. where you don't have to, you don't have to worry about it and you don't necessarily have to have your staff directly involved in making sure yep. that deals get done. It's it's not it's not the easiest process. There's a lot of red tape. It's probably yep. a good thing that there's red tape. Yeah, it, um, it just it takes a while for it to uh, to get there. Um, but yeah, Notre Dame is the domino that's going to be really interesting to see um, how that kind of ends up. Michael Shrewsbury is n- another name that's kind of been brought up I, in that. I, conversation. And you and I both know that's going to be in the next week. There are going to be more jobs open up. We just talked about Georgetown. It wouldn't yeah. shock me if there's a couple more. Texas Tech yesterday, yep. perfect example. Um, two names there that really stand out to me. One, your boy Forbes. Yep. I think that he would absolutely light it on fire at Texas. He Tech. would kill it. That is like Steve Forbes. He would kill it in West Texas. He would kill being it. able to juke it up and go get some kids that, that that end up at Texas Tech. Like he would, he would kill it. I think the people in that town would eat him up and um and 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 just love everything. It's a fit. Yeah, it's a fit. The other one, Paul Mills or Roberts, mm. former Butler staff guy. Those guys always have success. Jerome Tang, look what he's doing right now. Oral Roberts is going to be a 12 seed. He's probably going to end up making another run of the tournament. He can coach. I know. I don't, I don't, I, I won't argue that. I mean, I, I've, I've never been to Lubbock, Texas. I've heard, I've heard, you know, I've seen Jeff and you guys down there and seen the, the show and seen how special a place that is. But, you know, the question that I have is though, when you have incidents like that, do you change? Mm-hmm. Meaning, you know what I mean? When you, because that's the tendency sometimes when a, when administration goes through a guy that makes an incident like that. Sometimes you tend to you, you want to know what my take is on the that? top the other yeah. way. You, you want to know what my take is on on that entire situation? Um, I think that, 
they realized that Mark Adams was not the answer. They knew that uh, he was not getting along with the players in the locker room. They don't like him. Players don't like him mm-hmm. um, for a lot of reasons. Some of them justified. And I think that they were able to use that as the reason to make a change without having to have to be something um, where fans pushed back or people were like, ah, how are you doing this year too? You, get, you know what I mean? Like you want, you had that out, that, that allegation come out there, mm-hmm. which by my understanding is not just an allegation it's something that happened. I think Mark admitted it to Jeff Goodman stadium yep. uh, field of 68. But I think that that was just their chance to be able to get him out the door. Cause I'll, I'll be honest. When Mark Adams says, I don't think I did anything wrong. I was just quoting strip scripture. I believe that he doesn't think he did anything wrong. Well, if anybody says they're quoting a, a biblical, mm-hmm. you know, ver- verbiage, I, I I think it's, of course, they don't feel they said anything wrong. Um, he probably really feels that way, but this is the time we're living in. Mm-hmm. And I think that these are things that a lot of coaches, I think you're going to have coaches just like Bayheim situation. We're going to have coaches that are like, you know what? Things are changing faster than I can. It's time to move on or it's time for me to either re- stop coaching or Find me another job or another location. Yep. Um, I do, for the record, uh, think that it was the right decision to move on from him. Um, but I don't think it was specifically just that what he said that right. that made it happen. There's, there's a lot of reasons that that was uh, the right move to make. I want to talk about Ole Miss. I want to talk about, uh, mm. I think, Borzello, Goodman, both reported that Chris Beard uh, is a candidate there. I can't remember what the phrasing was, but the way that they phrase it is like Ole Miss is basically zeroed in on him. They want him to be the guy. And look, I'll I'll say it. I'll be the first one to say it, so you don't have to say it. But if he was a black head coach with the allegation that he had hanging over his head, he would not be in you, the mix. You, for this you and I right both now. know it. I, I don't. Want, you know, I don't run from any of those kind of conversations. He he, it wouldn't happen at all. Um, I don't. I don't understand. To be quite honest, again, there's. Without refuting anything that's happened, I don't know the updated version of whatever going on. I think it's still too soon. You know, have some unless something's changed. I think it's something. I think it's something. The only thing that's changed is that um, his uh, ex fiance dropped the charges. There are no charges that are. But I think in today's times, even if she dropped the charges, I don't understand why a state or or a anywhere any state wouldn't just say hey of all of the sensitivity of things that we're dealing with in this country now even if she did and i'm sure it it, it doesn't change that it happened something happened is all i'm saying Mm -hmm. now i'm not saying he shouldn't be allowed to to coach again i just think that it's it's too soon and speaking of another job i think that we both know it's always another 50 50 job i think that'll be big is uh we'll probably find out here shortly is we talked we heard stanford but Georgia Tech, mm-hmm. which would be another big that's that's a big domino mm-hmm. if that if that happens as well. So Georgia Tech's one of those jobs where I just keep waiting for somebody to come in and really get that thing rolling. And it you just think that. never happens. You know like, what? I don't you... I don't understand. Like you're in Atlanta. Is, yes. it, is it because and of... not just Atlanta? You're in freaking Midtown. Yes. Um I, but I will say this I was blown away with their strict academic requirements and no NIO money. Mm-hmm. And that's I don't care where you are right now. You don't if you, you know it's, that that's what makes the jobs. That's why I'm happy for Stackhouse at Vanderbilt because Vanderbilt has not made it to the tournament, but there's an appreciation for what he's doing. They rewarded him with a contract. That, look, hey, 
I, I know he hasn't had the greatest tenure, but that motherfucker can coach. Flat out, man. Holy, they run such good stuff. Listen, like if you know what you're looking at and dude. you watch what he's, he's what he's running, dude. Like, they you. run some great stuff. I, I'm, he, I, I'm, if, if I'm one of these other schools, he's someone that I'm looking at because if you watch them play, you be like, man, he can hard. do it. It's hard to hire a guy that's never made the NCAA tournament. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to hire someone based just off of okay, they run some really good see, shit. But see, I, it, no, I, it wouldn't be hard for you and I. Yes. The problem I have is I don't think most of these ADs know what the hell they're looking at anyway. No. I, I, you hiring some, it's like hiring a guy because oh he he worked with Coach K. Sometimes you just some. I think some of these hires are just you know cover my butt hires I, anyway. Yeah, I also think Jerry. Um, <laughs> he might be a little bit of an <laughs> asshole at times. Well, he, <laughs> he he can be that way, but I think it's. I was trying to think of like what's the nicest way that I could say that. But but when you I I think when you're coaching at a job like that, because of the kids you got to bring in there, he's got to bring in a certain type of kid to breed a Vandy. And I think he has to 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 illustrate a level of toughness with this this is the way that I think about it, right? Like he's a North Carolina guy. Mm -hmm. And when North Carolina opened up, it wasn't like there were people clamoring for him to go get the job. Right. So Obviously, that, that just kind of that's something that stood out to me in terms of like. Well, but but I, also, like, I don't think the, it's the a, timing of it though. Yes, true. You know, if he was still in the G League, I think he would have been a, a legitimate qualifier for it because they had just when he took the Vandy job, he had just point. got the G. They had won the G League championship or whatever. Yeah, whatever championship. Point. And then he was already at Vandy and they weren't winning, so it was kind of like, all right, he's not hot right now. You know the time. But if he was, if 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 that job had opened the year he had finished from the G League. Then I think it's his. I think he, oh, or he's right there. I think it's a legitimate because yeah. you watch coming from the league. I think it would have been an easy. Right, transition. Let's let's circle back. We can end it on this. Let's circle back to actually. I want to ask you about uh, Syracuse. Let's circle back to Georgia Tech first. Mm-hmm. If if you don't have nil money, right, and you have high academic requirements, are you going to be able to get that thing going? I think we could probably you could put the same conversation with Cal. You can put the same conversation yep. with a couple of other schools. Like you and I both know it don't matter. It don't matter if you don't if you don't have money, you don't have nil money, and you don't and you got limitations because you can't take advantage of the portal. So if guys, so if, if I mean, what are you doing? You're so far behind. Like who's going to take that job? You if not, that's an assistant job. Then if that's what you're going to say, then you might as well get an assistant because or a head coach that's probably on his way out or like, hey, you know what? Let me just reset the clock and go there. Let me take this money as a retirement deal or whatever, because you got no shot. But they got a new AD coming from Alabama. So he's got to know. You got to find a way to get it going. He's got it. You're already so if you're you're at this point right now. Yeah. It's March 2023. NIL has been a thing for almost two years. Yeah. If you are at the point right right now where you're saying, all right, well, I guess we got to figure this thing out. You're so fucking far behind. It's not going to matter. But you and I both know there's so many schools. Know the dames that way. Yeah. Know the dames that way. People don't think of it as, but Notre Dame is going to be a school. And I and well, I think this is going to happen. Hoops. Notre Dame. For who? Let's, yeah, <laughs> let's be clear. Let's be clear. Let's be clear. Yeah. All, all sports, non-football. Let's say that. Yeah. All non-football sports are that way. And they're going to have to change. Because if not, they're wasting. It doesn't matter who they hire. And let's be clear. I, I, I won't. You won't hear Mike Bray say this. But I can, I, I can tell from covering enough of the games, he was frustrated with I watched the team come out and shoot around, and I told you this. 
had to eat pregame meal at 4.30 for a 7 o'clock game. Everybody in high school eats four hours before. Mm -hmm. This team was eating two and a half hours before a game because they couldn't miss class. Like, no school is that strict. Like, that's ridiculous. Yep. Um, all right, last thing. Uh, Red Autry yep. replacing Jim Beheim. Was it the right decision just to go with the assistant? Should they have opened it up and tried to find somebody else? I mean, it's Syracuse is Syracuse. You probably could have gotten a pretty big name in there if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, or is it just do you give him the job and let him have a chance? Like, how do you feel about that? I, I would, I still want to get to the bottom of what's going on. I think it's. I don't want to make any assumptions, but it looks like it was that 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 press conference looked a little weird, right? To be, mm -hmm. to be kind. But I also think that he had some say in that too. And I, because he named everybody was questioning it because Red was he named Red as associate head coach. He could have named Jerry, he could have named somebody else. So he could have, you know, clamored to get Mike back in there, Hopkins back in there, and he didn't. So uh I think this went the way he wanted it to go in the end. And maybe he wasn't quite ready this year or however he when he wanted to leave. But I think he got he wanted the reward. He earned the right. Forty seven years, he should pick his damn success, yeah. successor, and and he did. I, I that's what I, I believe. I I I mostly agree. Um, and I think that Red's been around there long enough. Like you got to see what you got. You know what I mean? Like you got to see what you got in him. So we'll find out. We'll find out soon enough. Um, Trevor, is there anything else compelling in the chat that you uh you think needs to get asked? Uh, I wouldn't define it as compelling. I'll give you a quick bubble update here. Arizona State up double digits with four minutes to go on USC. Utah State up double digits on New Mexico with 10 minutes to go. I don't think I, – I can't believe – Utah State has one quad one win, one quad three loss, and two quad four losses. Yeah, I, I think they got no to win their league. I, I have no idea how they're in the bubble. It's just a metrics thing with them. Yeah. I, I – Give me, hey, give me two Clemsons over them. Yeah, and I've always been twice. big on Hurley. I, I, I've been, you know, I've been big on Hurley from, you know, from for months now. So I, I, I think it's, I hope they get in, and I hope he moves on. I hope he, he, he decides to, to open up. And, and I've told you this, and, and it's weird because when you get here, and I, and I've said this, and you, you hear so much about St. John that I look up, and when I look and really look at Anderson, it's like it's only year four, and it's like he's never had a losing record. And I don't know if that's if a guy should be fired. Yeah. But and I, but but you're right, and I'm, I'm, but and I'll say this, but the energy around the program when you ask everybody, it's super negative. Mm -hmm. But when I look at the numbers, that it's like damn, like he's never had a losing record. You know, and, and well, here's, here's, here's the problem. You got one of the best point guards in the Big East in Posh. You got one of the best big guys in the Big East in Joel Sawyer. He's a stud, right? AJ Store can get a bucket. David Jones, really good Big East yeah. player. Like, no, I agree. you got talent on that roster, and you were never once in the NCAA tournament mix. Like, I, I just, I get what you're saying. I think a lot of, uh, the reason why he doesn't have a losing record is because they don't play anybody in non-conference. Uh, yeah. And that probably it, yeah. has something to do yeah. with why they're not dancing. So like, I, you're right. We'll we'll see. That's the, uh, if there's a real interesting one for, uh, Richard Patino, <laughs> that is to me, that's the one that, that, uh, that might pop up if it's not something in South Florida. Uh, but listen, Trevor, 
Uh, it is one thirty in the morning. Yeah, let's I'm do tired. toast and get out of here. What do you say? Yeah, RC's RC's been up since like four thirty yeah, this morning. I've been up since um, four. Toast of the night. Go ahead, toast someone. Wow. Um, I'm gonna toast the Big East tournament. This is a hell of an event, man. I told you the energy in this place is crazy. So to the Garden, to New York, to the Big East tournament, toast to you guys. My toast is going out to the. Uh, the prince of New York, the prince of the Big oh. East tournament, the legend himself, John Fanta. But I'm not toasting the him for the I'm not toasting him for the reason that you think. We're talking about people that lost their jobs today. John Fanta lost his job today. John Fanta was the guy that was tossing the bowls to Red Panda. If you guys haven't seen Red Panda, she's the woman that sits on top of like a 12-foot unicycle and throws uh, bowls off of her foot, and they land on a ball on her head. I'm not kidding. She does that. Fanta was a guy throwing her the balls while she was sitting on top of the unicycle. I've never seen her miss four in a row. She missed four in a row. I've never seen it. It was the worst they performance went to the bullpen ever. On. Pulled him out. Ever. It was like seeing Michael Jordan take an <laughs> over and lose by 50 when playing a bunch of high schoolers. That's what it was. And he got cut. He wasn't there. She was there for the first game, or he was there for the first game, uh, first session. He, he wasn't there for he the second benched. session. He got, he benched. got benched. He got fired. So my toast of the night goes out to John Fanta because I know he needs a cold one to kind of shake off that <laughs> loss. Listen, this has been the Field of 68 After Dark. We'll be back again tomorrow midnight. Me, RC, John Fanta will actually join us, and we may have another special guest uh, from CBS Sports. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but we'll talk about that tomorrow. For RC on, uh, on Randolph Children's Day, for Trevor Valise, and for Terrence Oglesby, my name is Rob Doster. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.